Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Whitfield Report audio podcast, Thursday on Friday edition of the show. I want to thank you so much for joining me, uh, wherever you're listening in the past, present, future hour. And uh, I want to say, folks, it's really good to be back. I finally got my audio uh, problems fixed. And uh, as I mentioned on Twitter, uh, you know, yesterday. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad to be back here, folks. It's been too long. And uh, yeah, folks, it's been a long time since I've done an episode of the audio podcast. I think the last uh, time I did an audio exclusive podcast was on Black Friday. And, uh, yeah, that was not quite a month ago, but, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, it was long enough ago. So I apologize for the hiatus. Um, I actually wanted to explain a little bit of why I had to go on hiatus. Uh, for those of you who, uh, aren't really, you know, who, uh, didn't catch the live stream last weekend, uh, I kind of had to go on hiatus after uh, Black Friday because uh, literally the week after Black Friday, because uh, Thanksgiving was so late in the season, my uh, finals for the semester for school, uh, basically it was finals week like the week after uh, Thanksgiving and there was just a lot of uh, you know stuff that had to get done, so... For about like a week and a half, I was, you know, preoccupied with finals and uh, it was a pain in the ass, I'll, I'll admit, but uh, I got those done and uh, then I honestly needed a break kind of from everything, uh, so I took a few days for that. Uh, I did do a live stream last uh, weekend, but it was a disaster because of, um, I don't really know what happened, but the uh, audio so- the the software I used to uh, live stream to YouTube uh, wasn't working properly last week, and it it was glitching out, or uh, I think it might have been something that uh, 
had to do with maybe like some of the Adobe applications I was working with because uh, for this class I had to uh, install a bunch of uh, Adobe software, which, uh, you know, on a side note, I know that Adobe is kind of like the industry standard for like a lot of, you know, uh, stuff like, you know, publishing and, uh, you know, photo editing and Photoshop, but a lot of their software is really, you know, it's gotten clunky and I don't like the fact that they, uh, that you have to, you know, buy a subscription every year now. I, I suppose that that's, uh, you know, I suppose they have to make money somehow, but, but the subscription model is, you know, kind of terrible. I've always said that I would rather, you know, buy software outright, uh, you know, every other year, you know, and like get new features if I need them rather than have to, you know, pay like 150 or 200 bucks, you know, every year for like a full suite of software. Anyway, uh, that's here nor there. But anyway, we had some technical difficulties. So uh, I was kind of fed up. And then uh, I also uh, realized after the Black Friday um, episode uh, aired, the audio podcast, that there was a lot of clipping going on in the audio where my voice would just like cut in and cut out. And uh, I apologize for that one, ladies and gentlemen. Um, long story short, what happened is uh, I record the audio, I record the audio podcast for those of you who don't know. I record the audio podcast on my iPad uh, as opposed to a computer. Uh, it just makes it simple, and there are lots of good audio uh, podcasting apps for the iPad, uh, too. And uh, I actually prefer, when I do audio-only podcasts, I actually prefer my iPad uh, to my full-blown computer uh, for a myriad of technical reasons, but... Uh, most of all, it's just the most easy and efficient way to do it now. Uh, and I have an adapter, you know, that goes from my mic, you know, and I, I can plug it into my iPad. So it works great. And, um, for the most part, but, uh, during the latest, the last software update, I should say for the app, they released like a new feature where you can mess around with the EQ settings, uh, which I kind of like, because like if I'm doing a, a a voiceover for like an audiobook that you know I might be doing, uh, I can you know make the vocal sound a little bit more appropriate for that, or you know I'm doing like a podcast setting for this, uh, which is great. But uh, one reason for the clipping. I guess is because there was a noise gate uh, feature that I didn't realize was automatically enabled uh, in this app that I'm using. So I had to kind of do some, uh, you know, troubleshooting yesterday and, uh, you know, eventually figured out how to turn it off. But, um, you know, anyway... So there is a noise gate, but I my microphone kind of has a built-in one, so that's nice. Um, but yeah, long story short, folks, I apologize for you know kind of the lack of content over the the past couple weeks. I feel I feel bad, but I'm back and uh, I'm gonna put out a good show for you tonight and a good live show for you tomorrow, which will be on the audio podcast feed. For those of you interested on Sunday, hopefully, uh, I'm probably going to do some troubleshoot checks again on the video software just to make sure that the live streaming software is A-OK to go for this week. But anyway, folks, where do we uh, begin? There's a lot to catch up on. Um... It's interesting because while I've been away, I have also had some time to 
be a bit introspective and um, look at things. Not just in my life, but, you know, uh, kind of how this podcast is is doing in general. And um, I don't really want to go off on a rant here too much tonight, but I'm going to in a few uh, instances, maybe. Um, I've had tremendous success with this podcast, um, especially this year, and the fact that it's 2019 and we're heading into a new uh, decade, well, to be honest, it, it kind of makes me feel like a little nostalgic only in the sense that, like, I started podcasting back when I was 14 in 2008. Uh, that first year, I didn't really go anywhere, but it wasn't it wasn't really until, like, 2019. In, until 2009 that, I guess, second year that, like, I really started, like, you know, making a show. And it it really didn't grow too well, too much either, really, until, like, it took me a good, you know, two or three years to really get it off the ground. Four years, if you, if you want to be honest. Uh, really, in 2012, after I joined... Uh, Junior Factor Nation. That was when the show really uh, took off. That and also, uh, of course, the infamous Ben Shapiro interview, as I've, um, you know, pointed out, that was really the the part that really launched uh, my podcasting career. And so... You know, this past decade overall has been pretty, pretty good for me, both personally and, um, you know, podcast-wise. Um, with that being said, I've received a lot of questions, and I know I've addressed this before, but... Um, I know not everyone always catches these, so let me just reiterate this here and now. Um, a lot of people have been asking since I've been doing the since I've been doing the uh, audio podcast. Oop! Fox News alert update. Kind of appropriate, uh, but lots of you guys have been wondering uh, whether or not I will continue to do. Uh, political commentary on this podcast or whether or not I uh, am retiring fully because someone started a, a rumor and maybe this was based off of like a, a joke I'll, which I'll admit I'll sometimes do uh, but but someone uh, has said that now I've started doing like a you know a, a pop culture commentary podcast I'm no longer going to do uh, politics, and, uh, that's not necessarily true, a few weeks ago, like, I made a tweet that, uh, something along the lines of, like, man, politics is so crazy that now would be a great time to, you know, kind of get out, uh, you know, lol, and for those of you that know me really well, who have been with me for a while, you guys, you you guys who have been with me for like three or four years. You guys know how it works by now. Um, I try and take a break from politics. And then, uh, as Michael Corleone once said in Godfather Part 3, just when I thought it was out, they pulled me back in. So, uh, that was a horrible Michael impression, but... You know, I'm not really doing impressions tonight, so sue me. Um, at any rate, I'm not going to retire from political commentary, uh, folks. But in the last year, really in the last two years, I've recognized 
that uh, I like podcasting more than I like politics. I like the medium of podcasting itself. This is something that uh, my friend Jason, who hosts On Tap, uh, this is something that he and I were talking about a few weeks ago. Uh, We both started in political podcasting. He's the one who founded JFN initially and brought me on. Uh, Then we disbanded the group after like three years and we kind of went our separate ways and he's gotten back into podcasting and uh, I know I've shared that with you but I with you guys before but I I bring that up again to to uh you know just to kind of show that we we do talk about podcasting and uh dms and on facebook messenger um and he's as far as I know he's retired from from the political game completely as far as podcasting goes, although he is welcome uh, to come on the show. And Jason, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you will be, uh, you know, if you ever do want to step back into the political arena, you know, even just to dip your toes in a bit, I am always happy to have you on. Uh, But... Ladies and gentlemen, regardless, we uh, we were talking and we both like podcasting uh, even more than we like politics, uh, at least for me. Um, so I guess kind of the whole format change that I did this year was for me adding an additional day. And making, you know, Thursday like the pop culture and commentary exclusive, you know, podcast. Or making like the free-for-all podcast like this is. Really kind of freed me up. Because now I'm not locked into doing political commentary. And granted, I... Don't really do political commentary all that much on Saturday if I don't feel like it. But I'm definitely going to now with all this uh, impeachment stuff, uh, you know, happening. Which uh, I'll focus more on that tomorrow. But just to give you guys, you know, a a quick answer. No, I'm not retiring from politics. Uh, I'm just not like, you know going after political commentary as as aggressive uh you know as I used to uh and by aggressive I mean you know back in 2016 like I was you know I was debating you know people pretty fiercely uh you know never trumpers liberals leftists I mean like 2016 was full on you know, battle mode, uh, you know, uh, and also, you know, in 2017 and also part of 2018, then I had to, uh, you know, deal with some of the fallout from the alt-right in Charlottesville and not that I was, you know, ever really associated or have ever really, con- you know, condoned what any of those morons do, but... You know, as I've always said, I like to try and, you know, criticize both sides when I see that they're being morons. And so that's what I've been done. So, you know, this past year in like 2019 has kind of been like my, um, you know, year, my, my, my year of Zen, you know, in podcasting, so to speak, um, you know, and I kind of like that. Now, uh, I know I know in 2020, uh, you know, with the election coming up, uh, I'm going to have to put the battle on, armor on somewhat. But I, I think I've, I think I've finally, uh, I wouldn't say I've, you know, gained like ultimate wisdom in podcasting or like, you know, perfect podcast zen yet. But I, I think I've, 
you know, at least achieved a level to where I'm not, you know, constantly like pissed off and, you know, ready to like, you know, uh, you know, just shut the microphone off in a rage or something like that. Even though, even though, uh, this, you know, impeachment thing kind of is driving me crazy a, a bit. Um, I'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, I found a role of balance. So, anywho, I wanted to address that, uh, you know, that particular, not, you know, not to say that there aren't things that, you know, don't drive me crazy in the world of pop culture, too, because there are plenty of things that drive me crazy in this kind of arena, too, some of which you will uh, hear about tonight, um, and some of which you will understand why I kind of took a break, too, after, you know, Thanksgiving. So, um, I know it's been like about three three weeks now or so, and I know this is a bit late, and I apologize, but I do want to give a quick review of The Irishman, which is the, uh, new, uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, Netflix film, very highly anticipated, uh, basically, like, it's your who's who of basically like Italian mob movie, you know, A-listers. And as a cinema fan, the as a cinema fan, these are all, you know, actors that I grew up with. So we have uh, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, um, Harvey Keitel, uh, just uh, a whole bunch. I I can't remember if Paul Sorvino actually showed up in this one, but um, actually, let me let me look up. I've I've got my phone here with me, so let me look up the the cast list because I I feel like I'm I'm forgetting one, but 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 the cast list for this movie is like. A who's who, you know, of a whole bunch of people. So let me look this up. The Irish man. Okay, go away, Wikipedia. No, do I? Do I really want Wikipedia? Okay. Uh, Robert De Niro, Al Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Anna Paquin, uh, Ray Ray Romano was in this too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's one of the names I was forgetting. Uh, wait, Jesse Plemons. Was in this the guy from Breaking from Breaking Bad? I don't remember. Okay, well that's interesting. Um, I'm not gonna read off the whole the whole cast list because it's a pretty it's it's a pretty large you know cast list. All A-listers though, you know for the most part part. And, uh, you know, some really high-profile, you know, B-list actors. And, you know, even some comedians. Like, uh, I think Sebastian Maniscalco uh, showed up in this, too. But suffice it to say, I, I really liked the, um, this movie, actually. It, um, it centers on the life of uh, Frank Sheenan, played by Robert De Niro, who... Uh, was basically one of the uh, big mafia figures um, in the 50s, 60s, and uh, early 70s. And uh, he was involved with the Teamsters Union too, and uh, Jimmy Hoffa and whatnot. 
Al Pacino actually plays Jimmy Hoffa in this movie. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the movie basically centers around like Frank's life and his relationship with, uh, Jimmy Hoffa. And it does go into Jimmy Hoffa's, uh, death and, uh, disappearance or I guess alleged death and, you know, disappearance. So it's a very, uh, you know, it's, I think it's a very well done movie. I, I don't want to give too many spoiler, spoilers away, you know, for, even though, even if I did though, the one thing I will say is it's a, it's a long movie. It's, it's like three and a half, almost four hours long. I think it's one of the longest movies ever made, uh, and you know some people liked some people liked it uh you know because of that some people like long and epic movies some people had a real problem with that and uh you know I can understand why that might be an issue for some people but you know I I enjoyed it you know nonetheless I think I think it's a I think it's a really good movie. Is it is it Goodfellas? No. Um, I think Goodfellas is still Martin Scorsese's uh, creme de la creme, if you want my honest opinion. But if you want to see like an all-star cast and you want to see really good, you know, uh, filmmaking... Martin Scorsese still has it. Um, I don't care what anyone says; he still might be getting up. He might be getting up there in age, but like as far as his, um, you know, directing skills goes, he's a uh, he's still a master. Um, so I would certainly advise people to check it, to uh, you know, check it out. Now here's now here is one thing I will say. This is one thing that I do kind of want to rant about a little bit. Um, you know, so speaking of things that drive me crazy, and th- this will be a thing. This will be a theme that pops up repeatedly throughout the night. But the one thing that always has kind of driven me crazy when it comes to movies or TV shows, whatever it may be, is there's a certain there's a certain percentage of the population that feels the need to express their, you know, pleasure or displeasure over a movie or a TV show and make sure that everyone knows what their opinion is. Now, there's nothing wrong with that per se. You know, obviously I do a podcast, so I like sharing my opinions and my views on, you know, a bunch of different topics. I don't criticize people for that. You know, it's a free country. Everyone has their right to an opinion, and everyone has a right to express their opinion. Uh, but in recent years, and this kind of goes back to the nostalgia of the last decade, maybe I'm a little more sensitive to this now that I'm an adult, like, or I'm just more aware of it. But it seems to me like there's this contingent of the internet now where not only do they have to let you know their opinion on the movie, they have to tell you that your opinion is valid or invalid. And not like in a friendly way, not like in a you know, hey, well, I recommend, you know, no, these people are, some of these people are, are belligerent. I'll give you a perfect example. 
there was this one guy on Facebook who, when I posted, I, I, I wrote a status update on Facebook. And I, I said in my post that I was watching The Irishman. You know, good so far. And this guy, you know, says, I, I, you know, I refuse to watch Robert De Niro. He's a, you know, he's a far left wing guy. You know, now, okay, I get that. I understand that. And I, I I do agree with him that like Robert De Niro is far left. I'll, I'll get into the, all that in a sec. But not only does this guy you know tell me his opinion, he then goes on to like question, Sam, how can you you know you know how the hell can you watch th- this movie as a uh, as a conservative? How can you, you know, support Robert De Niro by watching uh, this movie? You know, conservatives bitch about Hollywood all the time, but then they go, you know, watch movies like this, and, you know, you ought to be ashamed. I mean, and the thing is, is like, people that do that, regardless of, like, what side they're on, drives me insane now. It really does. And I've, I've, I've brought this up before, but I'll, I'll bring it again. It, It is, it is one of my pet peeves that we can't like something and just like it or we can't dislike something and just simply dislike it. We can't simply, uh, you know, discuss a movie and critique what we like or you know dislike about it. Now we have to, uh, you know, now we have to criticize film and TV even to the point where. People start to make judgment calls about each other over stupid, you know, movies or TV shows. And I, people have said that it's because of, you know, it's a fault of, of Trump derangement syndrome because I talked to a few people, uh, you know, asking their opinion. Trump derangement syndrome may have, may have, um, Crap. Apologies for the uh, mic drop there. As I was saying, uh, you know, Trump derangement syndrome may have um, exasperated the, um, you know, all this outrage in the culture somewhat. And it certainly has helped. But. I think now that with the internet, there's just a contingent of people that like to bitch and moan and tell you that, you know, they're wrong or that, you know, you're wrong and that they're right. And it just, it drives me me crazy a bit. If that, if that makes sense, because they're not, they're not really doing anything except for, you know, bitching and you know, moaning at you and trying to, you know, to bring you down too. I, and I, I do tend to ignore, you know, them for the most part, but it it drives me crazy a bit because it just seems like there are a lot more of them on the line now. And it's like, okay, you know, buddy or, you know, gal, whatever it is, uh, you know, why don't you just like the, the crap that you like? And all like the crap that I like, we can, we can agree, you know, to disagree on certain stuff, and call it a day. But no, we can't, we can't do that anymore. 
uh, you know, because it's 2019, almost 2020. Everyone has to be outraged about everything now. And, you know, and I mean, I suppose I'm outraged about the outrage, you know, right now. I just wish people would, you know, agree to disagree when it came to, you know, at least pop culture and, you know, like entertainment stuff. Because we have, we we can't do that anymore in politics. Uh, you know, that much that much has been proven, sadly, that, you know, agreeing to disagree no longer applies to politics. Right? But damn, I, I never thought even five years ago that people would be getting outraged to the level that they are about movies. It's crazy to me. So that's my first kind of mini rant, and damn, that felt good to get off my chest. Um, second critique slash review. I've got to say that The Mandalorian was worth the uh, was worth the price of the yearly subscription to Disney Plus for that series alone. They've done a uh, terrific job with it. John Favreau is a really talented uh, director, as I've said before. He did the entire uh, Iron Man trilogy. Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. I think he produced... I think he produced like a few uh, more Marvel movies. Uh, not to mention he... He did uh, Elf, which is one of my cr- favorite Christmas movies from when I was a kid. And yes, even though I'm not like a huge Will Ferrell fan, I do like Elf in terms of uh, Christmas movies. Um... And um, now he's he's doing the Mandalorian. He's just he's really talented. Dave Filoni uh, is also head of that you know whole team. Um, you know, writing for the Mandalorian. Uh, Dave Filoni, I I don't really know what he's done off the top of uh, my head, but I know that he was one of the big like pro program executives at Cartoon Network when I was a kid, so I think he wrote or, you know, helped to write series like Ed, Ed and Eddie, um, you know, in Dexter's Lab. Basically, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are, are you know, both, uh, you know, entertain are both creatives that really built up, you know, a lot of what my childhood was, or what any millennials, you know, childhood watching cartoons and movies was when we were a kid. So it's great that they're, you know, taking their talents and that they've put into The Mandalorian, which is really well done. And uh, I got a lot of messages, you know, last week. A lot of people, you know, were like, hey, Sam, we know you're a fan of Bill Burr, so what did you think of Bill Burr's appearance on The Mandalorian? And, and uh, I'm I'm not going to to do a really I'm not going to do a good Boston accent, but I will. I'll fucking try, but I will say that Bill Billy Burr's appearance on the on the fucking Mandalorian was fucking was fucking wicked, guys. It was fucking wicked. I mean, this pretty much proves the existence of a space Boston and the Star War and the Star Wars universe. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, Bobby Lagosh isn't here tonight, so you'll have to settle for my uh, crappy ass Boston, uh, uh, Boston accent. I, I love it. I love it when we when we get Bostonians or you know. Or East Coasters that listen to the show too, that you know listen to the podcast because they're always cracking me on the pronunciation of various 
you know, things too, how they would say it. So, to those of you guys, you know, in Boston or in Mass or, you know, doing fake Boston accent, I, I fucking salute you. Um, anyway, Bill Burr's uh, appearance in The Mandalorian was hilarious and really good like they actually gave his character like a little bit of depth you know as far as like well I don't want to say villain you know hero or I don't want to say want to say villain and I don't want to say hero but hero but more like anti-hero slash anti-villain uh you know his he did a really good job and uh I hope they bring him back I hope this this wasn't a, a a one and done deal uh you know he was really great as like a guest star uh Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian um I've talked about this a little bit but um obviously I know Pedro Pascal is you know first became big because of Game of Thrones uh but his best performance, I, I still think, is in, you know, the the first, like, two or three seasons of Narcos. He, uh, Pedro Pascal really proved himself as, like, a worthy actor uh, in Narcos, and I really enjoyed what he did with, uh, you know, the with, uh, you know, that character he played, the DA agent, um, really just intense, but also very human, um, as well, and, uh, he's the perfect, you know, person today to kind of play, uh, you know, a stoic, you know, badass Mandalorian bounty hunter, what can I say? And from from the behind the scenes uh, stuff, he uh, you know it seems like he's having a lot of fun with what he's doing, and uh, I'm glad they're doing a second season because the Mandalorian, like I said, has been has been worth the price of admission for you know Disney Plus alone. Uh, with all that being said, once again. There are people who feel the need to shit on Disney Plus. And once again, despite my best efforts to just, you know, ignore these people, there are not. Eventually, there are enough morons, morons that, like, latch on to this type of thing that you kind of have to address them. But, uh. I don't know why. But there's there's been this whole kind of thing on like you know like center right social media like trying to tie Jeffrey Epstein and Bob Iger, Iger together, which I don't know if that's true. Like and trying to tie Jeffrey Epstein and a couple of Disney executives together I don't know the, the the Jeffrey Epstein web has gotten so tangled and so um you know messed up it, it's it's hard to keep track of you know that whole clusterfuck um to be honest um and so now I guess that like some some Disney executives like got tied to Epstein somehow, which, uh, you know, okay, that may or may not be true. Probably is true in some, you know, cases. I don't know. Um, regardless though, um, this is another instance when people get like overly obsessed with shit. And, you know, that, that, and they want to ruin stuff for others. 
there's a there's a whole contingent of um, people on social media who don't like who don't want to support Disney um, and who don't w- wish to give uh, any money whatsoever to Disney because of the alleged uh, Epstein connections. Right? And look, I get that if you want to if you want to support Disney, that's your prerogative. If you don't want to support Disney, that's also your prerogative. Right? But the one thing that drives me crazy, this kind of goes back with the, the with the movie critiquing. The another thing that a lot of people are doing these days that drives me crazy, and it happened with the Me Too, and unfortunately it's starting to happen with the Jeffrey Epstein, you know, people too. There's this there's this whole thing where like if you support uh you know, something like Disney Plus. In fact, I read a, a Facebook post from someone the other, from someone like a few weeks ago saying something along the lines that um, if you support, you know, if you support, you know, Disney and you, you know, subscribed to Disney Plus, then you support pedophilia. You know, by by giving your money to uh, you know by giving your money to uh, you know Disney, you're supporting pedophilia, and it's like, what? Where do you even even come up come up with with that? This this whole like you know Disney. Disney derangement syndrome and the whole Jeffrey Epstein, believe me, the right is suffering from it just as much as, like, the left is, you know, jumping on the whole Me Too, you know, bandwagon. It's it's the same, it's the same thing, but re, but reverse it, right? Uh, you know, the left likes to, you know, critique anyone who still likes, you know, Louis C.K., you know, or any, like, you know, uh, Harvey Weinstein-produced movies or, you know, Quentin Tarantino movies as, you know, being, like, a proponent of misogyny and therefore, like, inherent, you know, rapists, right? Uh, you know, if you want to give, like, a guy a chance, you know, with me too, too, or if you want to hear, like, both sides of the story, well, then obviously you're a misogynist. Right, the Me Too people want people want you know crazy, but I've got to tell you the the Epstein people are becoming the Me Too people, but on the right, and it's getting out of hand a bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pedophilia is bad. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein is 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 a scumbag. Yes, we should, you know, keep hunting down, you know, child molesters and predators. All of that, you know, stuff I'm fully on, you know, on board with. You know, same with me, with me too, to to a certain extent. You know, I, I don't believe that, you know, uh, producers in Hollywood should be, you know, molesting women without consent. Like, you know, the the fundamental, you know, basis of both groups, you know, when they originally started, like, you know, that they both proposed, like, you know, good stuff, like common sense stuff that we could all, you know, abide by, right? You know, good people don't want to see, you know, children harmed and, you know, good people don't want to see, you know, women taken advantage of unfairly. But... You know, on on, but you know now things have gotten so politicized, and whatnot, and everything's become so hot, so hyperbolic. 
in this outrage culture now that, you know, like I said, if you like, you know, if you didn't like Louis C.K.'s comedy, for example, which I still do, if you like his comedy, you know, then you're a misogynist and you're part of, like, the Me Too problem, right? I don't condone what he did, but that doesn't mean I can't find him, you know, funny. And it's not even that I don't condone what he what he did, because let's face it, and I don't want to get get off on on a tangent, but you know, since we're going here, I might as well say this for the um for the um team team time. Uh, you know what Louis did, which was consently which was consently, you know, masturbate in front of you know women whom he asked if he could do so. I mean, let's be real. That might be, you know, gross in some people people's opinion. That might be immoral in some people's opinion. It might be, uh, you know, if you're me, that might be downright weird to do. You know, and it might not make sense. All that stuff. But as long as, he, you know, as long as, you know, he... But it was consensual. And he wasn't harming anyone like at the time he, he was doing it so nothing like you know super bad happened I know it's I know it's a weird situation but point is point is it wasn't illegal it was creepy at the most uh you know versus like the the Harvey Weinstein stuff right um or, you know, worse, the Kevin Spacey stuff, right? I, you know, that's a whole mess too. But, you know, regardless, I I can separate, you know, the art form from the actions of, you know, a lot of these celebrities and what they do in real life. Um, you know, and... Like, same thing with the Irishman, right? People bitch about, you know, Robert De Niro being such a, you know, a lefty and how can you support, you know, Robert De Niro? Well, you know, first of all, in, in regards to, you know, to the person who, who was who was bitching about, um, you know, uh, the Irishman, uh... I don't agree with, you know, Robert De Niro politically. And, you know, yeah, I do find a lot of the stuff that he said about Trump to be, you know, pretty reprehensive. But, um, he was already paid by Netflix, right? He, he, he already made his money from the Irishman and the distribution rights to Netflix, so, you know, technically, like, he's already all paid out, so, you know, me, me watching his film isn't going to harm him or hurt him anyway, right, and I can disagree with Robert De Niro politically, but I can still, you know, admire his acting, which he did, again, he did a really good job, everyone involved with the Irishman did a really good job, in my opinion, but, like, I'm, but like I said, it's just this, you know, this whole outrage culture. You know, we can like, we can like and dislike the stuff we choose without being at, at each other's throats constantly. And, uh, you know, to be honest, it drives me a bit nuts. And it, it, it did get to me a little bit, you know, over the past, like, a couple weeks. I'll admit, that's... That's partially why one is to kind of take a break, just to kind of like, you know, internalize some of this stuff, let it blow over. You know, so that like at the very most, I was annoyed by it and not angry about it like I was. Everyone needs a break from the outrage culture sometime. And, you know, this was, this was good. So, um, you know, that's all the complaining I have to do for this week, I guess, in the uh, on the podcast. 
uh, you know, as well as some reviews. You know, so long story short, check out The Irishman and, uh, you know, check out, um, you know, check out The uh, the Irishman and check out The Mandalorian too. Uh, so those are my recommendations. Uh, also, music. I want to talk a bit about the uh, the new album by The Who, simply titled Who. Uh, now this is going to be real fun b- because, uh, folks, for those of you who don't know, uh, although many a long time Whitfield Report fans know this, the Who is my all-time favorite band for rock and roll ever. They're my number one. Uh, I, I grew up listening to Who's Next in my teen years. That was pretty much the soundtrack of my adolescence. Um, Keith Moon, God rest his soul, is still in by today's standards. An amazing drummer. Totally amazing. Uh, John Entwistle was one of the best bass players um, ever, seconded only by the late Jaco Pastorius, a jazz uh, bass player who I also recognize. I I might, if you guys are interested in in me doing like any sort of jazz music critiques as well, let me know and I might like do one of a few of my, um, you know, favorite jazz albums too. Um, But anyway... I, I grew up listening to, uh, you know, Who's Next. I grew up listening to Who Are You, Quadrophenia. Uh, I've never seen The Who, you know, perform live. But, you know, I've seen, I've spent many hours on YouTube watching, um, you know, concert footage. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, Who stuff. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Pete Townsend and his solo career. Uh, and last year, if you guys remember me mentioning this, I actually read uh, Pete Townsend's autobiography, Who I Am. Uh, very insightful. Still highly recommend it. And, um, yeah, it, it's just, I love The Who. And uh, it brings me great pleasure to say that this Who album uh, that just came out titled Who, it sounds like a vintage Who album to me. I have to say, I'm really, I'm really impressed with what the guys uh, put together. Um, let me go. Let me go into my uh, music library here, and I'll name some of the tracks that are my favorites. Like I said, that there are a lot that I love. Uh, most notably, uh, "Ball and Chain," which was actually uh, a Pete Townsend like solo song at first. That's impressive. "All This Music Must Fade" was a great uh, opening to the album. Break the news. Uh, if you have the bonus uh, track edition or the special edition, which obviously as a big Who fan, I have that in my library. Uh, the gun, the gun will miss fire, is a great track, and uh, got nothing to prove. Those are some of my favorite tracks off this album. Um. You know, I'm 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 happy to say that there were that you know a Who album has come out. You know, in my adult, you know, uh, well, I've been an adult. 
You know, like I said, I, I grew up with The Who. They've been a big part of my life. Uh, you know, Who's Next saw me, you know, through various stages. You know, my first love, my first heartbreak, you know, when I was in high school. You know, Won't Get Fooled Again used to be the, uh, you know, back before I realized that you had to, you know, that you couldn't use copyrighted music. Won't Get Fooled Again was my initial podcast theme and anthem. And, you know, it, it it still kind of is, you know, in my mind, so to speak. Um, and also my, my the sense of style, my personal dress style. Um, lots of you people have asked about that. Why, why wear, you know, suits and, you know, sport coats and checkered shirts a lot of that came out of the out of the mod style from the the 60s that the who really uh you know embraced uh the the mod fashion style mod if you want to look it up uh was essentially a a a style uh made tailor-made for skinny guys uh such as myself and such as pete townsend you know who who are kind of skinny and you know not really you know built but but we can still scrap if if we need to we're still tough we're still tough yarbos when we need to be so uh you know needless to say the uh the new who album is great ladies and gentlemen and um maybe I'll do like a more in depth track by track review for the bonus uh, you know, podcast for the after show podcast, if that's something that you guys are interested in. So anyway, folks, that'll about do it for this week's episode. Um, I want to thank you so very much for, uh, you know, tuning in. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can, of course, uh, find me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at underscore NDC, hashtag uh, Whitfield Report, hashtag Sam Savages, uh, Gab and Mines at Sam Whitfield, Facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report. Uh, obviously, you can listen to the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find uh, or wherever you listen to podcasts. TheSamWhitfield.com is my website. And uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Whitfield Report and make sure you hit that bell. Um, I've gotten a couple of people who have not, uh, you know, who who don't get stream notifications and so be sure to uh, tick off that bell. I will be back for the uh, live show tomorrow evening, 10 p.m. Eastern, and uh, everything will be working properly for the live stream folks, I guarantee it. And then, uh, you know, Christmas is this coming week, so Merry Christmas. I'll have one more show for this, uh, for, you know, next week, and then I'll close out the year. But, uh, folks, I want to thank you very much for listening, and, uh, like I said, from all of us here at NGC, have a good night. Uh, God bless, God save this great nation, wherever you're listening in the past, present, future hour. God bless, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Whitfield Report. Hey there, folks. If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the show. You are the ones that make it possible for me to uh, make an income from podcasting, and I greatly appreciate that just by listening to our show. You are helping us gain ad revenue. However, if you would really like to uh, help support the show, I encourage you to please donate to the podcast and become a supporter of the show you can head over to anchor.fm forward slash whitfield report and click the support this podcast button 
and uh, choose the amount that suits you to support the show. Or you can click the link in the show notes and it will directly uh, take you to that page. If you can support the podcast, I really, really appreciate that. Anything that you can do to uh, help out is greatly appreciated. Even if you can't afford to uh, help financially support the podcast, I encourage you to please go on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and please leave this podcast a positive five-star review. That really helps us out here at the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode.